Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Welcome to episode 19, Mastering Awkward Conversations. Just like everything that I record on this podcast for you, This is near and dear to my heart because when I first started managing people and leading teams, I thought a good leader was somebody who created these amazing speeches, who was like, you can do anything and we're going to do this and incredibly motivational and strategic and all these things, which yes, I firmly believe in all of those. But if you want to be a great leader... You have to master the art of hard conversations. And I'm going to give you some examples. Some are, you know, really intense and others are, well, comical. They're comical for me because there were things I struggled with and it made a huge difference once I figured out how to overcome these silly little awkward moments. So when I started leading teams, I did three things all the time. And they eroded my respect that I gained from others. They really didn't help with buy-in from the organization or anyone that was on my team. And no one really trusted me because, well, they couldn't get a straight answer out of me. Because when things are awkward, sometimes it's hard to be straightforward. So the three things that I used to lean on, they were my crutch. The first one was making a joke out of the awkward situation. Now, I still do this because I'm personally an awkward person, but there's a way of doing this that doesn't erode your respect. And I'm sharing this with you because I am, I joke all the time. I have a very dry sense of humor. And I will tell you right now, there's a time and place for that. If you are sitting down and having a hard conversation with someone, leave the jokes at the door. It will not serve you. It's just not a good way to go. Whatever you say will come out wrong as a joke. So I recommend move away from that because nine times out of 10, I would offend people with what I said because in my head it was funny. And then I said it out loud and it was so incredibly awful. (laughs) (laughs) that I really made a fool out of myself. The next one was apologizing for nothing. So what I mean by this is, and I know you know these people because we all do, that automatically apologize. I am so sorry. For what? Did you do something? If you're just saying I'm sorry all the time, that's not effective. If you want to be clear about what you're sorry about, that's more important. One great way of doing this is by saying, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. That is a good apology. That is a reason to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have to give you this bad information, but just blanketly saying I'm sorry randomly is not helpful. 
it's unclear and it makes you not really be thought of as a leader because you're unsure of everything that's coming out of your mouth. And my favorite awkward pause way of getting out of an awkward conversation that I used to embrace wholeheartedly was, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. (laughs) I'm not lying. I used to do that. Okay. It's really awkward. How can I get out of this room? Uh, I need to use the bathroom because who's going to block your door when you're saying that? Um, not really effective because whatever conversation you were trying to run away from, it will be there when you come back from the bathroom. Yeah, don't, don't choose any of those. So I had a hard time getting buy-in on my team, getting anyone to really listen to me. And if you think about it, okay, so we can't take her seriously because she's always joking. And she apologizes for, I'm not exactly sure what, and then when things get really hard, she really needs to pee a lot. I, do, I don't really understand how we're supposed to follow this leader. So that was me, embarrassingly enough, this awkward conversations about me being awkward. <laughs> but what I learned was there's really a better way of handling all of this. And the power is in solutions. So instead of staying in the moment of, blame or reprimanding someone or somebody's emotions, stay away from that and move into the solution as much as you possibly can. So I'm going to give you some examples of this. There were three actually in my life that when I mastered these conversations, it really did change the game. So the first one was reprimanding someone on my team. Even saying that word reprimanding just Oh, gets under my skin because it's like I'm their mom. And that's how I always viewed it. You already have a mom. So I feel like I shouldn't have to be your mom. And you know what? I shouldn't. They're an adult. And I need to treat anyone that is reporting to me or under my care in any way, shape, or form. This applies to friendships as well. I need to treat that with respect. And that is not being condescending. That is not lording over someone like a mother would do, like a helicopter mother. What I really mean is sharing with them as soon as something was going wrong, rather than letting it fester, because I used to do that as well, but sandwiching it in in a really positive way. So I had a coworker who was chronically late. I hired this person. They were doing everything But we also had an agreement that they would show up at a certain time. Within two weeks, that was not happening. And it's not that it wasn't happening once. It's that chronically it wasn't happening. So I took that person into my office and shared with them, you are doing such a great job. I am so glad you're a part of this team. You've added so much value in the last three weeks. And I know that you pride yourself on following through with the things you say. We talked about you getting here at this time, and you're showing up about an hour late every single day. I know that's not who you are. If you want to adjust the hours, I'm fine with that. I need to find coverage from someone else on the team. Just let me know. I'm so glad you're here. So what I did is I sandwiched in what I needed. 
because I really did value this person. They, in the three weeks that they had come into the organization, they really took ownership of results and solutioning things out. But the type of business we were in, we really needed coverage for so many hours. And this person was not getting the coverage that I needed and that we agreed upon. That was really what it was. I'm not a bed checker. I just needed coverage. So we had that conversation and guess what happened? It never happened again. They were always on time. Instead, I had people years previous that claimed the same thing, like I will be here at this time so I can leave at this time. And when it didn't happen, you know what I would do? I'd talk to other people about it. That is not the way to handle the situation. You got to bite the awkward bullet. And the best way to do that is the sandwich method. The next awkward conversation that I had was smoothing over things with an unhappy client. And you know, earlier when I was saying to you, don't apologize, if you have a client that is paying you money, start with an apology. You've got to smooth things over. Now, I'm not saying you just, again, say this blanket, I'm sorry, name it. I am sorry you were treated this way. I am sorry we overcharged you. I am sorry I have not been able to answer your calls. Whatever it is that they are bringing to your attention, you need to say you're sorry for that. I am sorry you feel this way. If they are just irate, I am so sorry you feel this way. Really, you need to start there because that's humbling. Sometimes it brings people back to the moment and saying, okay, I'm not going to be combative about this. Being combative doesn't work. It opens the conversation up for them to join you in solutioning it out. Again, solutioning things is really the key, right? So I'm so sorry you feel this way. Let's sit down and put a plan in place so that this doesn't occur again. So now you've said, you've acknowledged what you're, uh, what they're upset about, but now you're putting a plan in place together. So this requires questioning and listening. And I always like to put it on the other person. If they are upset, then I would say, what would you deem a great solution for this? And let them get out in the open what they would really like. Before I have this conversation, I do have a plan for myself so that I'm not just going in there blind waiting for them to give me the solution. I have a solution in mind as well. But I want to make sure that I hear them out before I insert anything. I have also been privy to conversations where a group of people were upset about something. You know, uh, you've got accounting and marketing and sales and all these people in a room, and they're trying to blame someone. I'm a huge fan of taking the blame, and I will tell you why. The faster blame comes off the table, the faster solutioning out the real problem, that happens. So, I have chronically said, it's my fault. Okay, now that we know it's my fault, let's move into solution. And it catches groups of people like that off guard. I call them the witch hunters because they're looking for somebody to blame. 
and it's fine. Blaming is fine, right? But what does that do? Nothing. We have not solved the problem. The next step is bringing a solution. So it's really important to talk about the solution. Where did we go wrong? Again, asking questions, listening to everyone's view, and then creating a solution. Now, I want to tell you another awkward conversation that I know you've had. Do you have in your office the talker? (laughs) What I mean by this is the person that comes by your cube or your office, and they just don't seem to get social cues. So they just keep on talking to you, and they're telling you about the weather, and they're telling you about a sports event they went to. And meanwhile, the phones are melting They are so on fire with phone calls. Your email is blowing up. You're about to be late to a meeting. And this person is not getting the hint. This used to happen to me all the time. There was somebody that worked in my office that was so bad at this that all of us, when we saw this person coming, we would run the opposite way because we knew we would get stuck in the clutches of never getting out of this conversation. And what I realized was there was a really simple way of doing that, a really simple way. And this is how you end that conversation. It was great catching up. Let's chat again soon. I'll see you later. I'm serious. That's all you have to say. I know that seems ridiculously easy, but you have literally told them, I will see you later. Bye. And what I realized was I never did that before. I felt rude cutting off the conversation. But by saying it was great catching up, let's chat again soon, you were saying, thank you for coming by. Thank you for sharing this with me. Let's catch up again soon. Let's definitely talk again soon. And then if they continue to talk, you could say, I'm about to be late for this, or I've got a million emails to check. Let's chat again soon. So you're just reaffirming that. I never realized that I was never sharing that. I was never giving them an out. I thought my body language, looking at my computer, typing feverishly, you know, anything like that was giving them the hint. No. It is amazing to me how many people miss social cues. So instead of waiting for a social cue or thinking that you're giving a social cue, why don't you just say what you mean? It was great catching up. Let's chat again soon. Bye. What I would love is if you listen to this episode, I want you to shoot me a note. And in the note, I want you to tell me about an awkward conversation that you've had. I want you to bring this up and I would love to answer your email. So if you want to email me, it's emily.hawkins at emilyhawkins4u.com. And I really do want to hear any awkward conversation you have. Just title the email episode 19. And I want to hear all about this. I want to read these on air if I can, if you'll let me. Let me know if it's possible. I won't use your name, but I would love to help you guys with more awkward conversations. So feel free to email me. Again, that's emily.hawkins at emilyhawkins, the number four, the letter u.com. See you next week. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. 
I'll see you here next week.